0: Let's turn to this passage we just read, John 21, entitled, Refreshed by Christ's Presence. They rendezvous in Galilee, even as our Lord had appointed them to do previously, and 11 of them went to Galilee which we have here seven who were Peter awaiting Jesus' arrival it came later it says in verse 1 that he showed himself to them twice over in fact and the word is one that is distinctive to John and it is the word manifest or reveal like the word revelation which is also written by John. The Sea of Tiberius, which they met at, was the Sea of Galilee, Tiberius being one of their kings. It's a refreshing change from where they previously encountered the Lord in his post-resurrection body, that was behind locked doors, the second time that he appeared to them or the first time as a group, the first time being to Mary Magdalene and to the women that were with her at the tomb. But like before, they didn't initially make out who he was. It says in verse 4 that Jesus stood at the shore, but the disciples knew not that it was Jesus. first time he had to prove to them that he was really who he was, He said, look at my hands and look at my side and be not faithless but believing. And then it says that they were glad to see the Lord. Maybe this time it was because they were a good distance offshore from him or he from them, or it stood on the beach. Plus it was dawn, and you know how that is when the light is first breaking. It's not easy to make out a person's face. It's still kind of shadowy. Well, in verse 2, it speaks about, about who, in fact, uh, comprised the apostolic 12. Well, they were 11 at this point still because of the departure of, uh, of Judas Iscariot. And uh, so there was Simon Peter. There was Thomas called Didymus, or the twin. Uh, Nathanael. Sons of Zebedee, which would be, of course, James and John. James uh, John being the one who is also the evangelist who wrote this gospel. And then two other disciples, not named. Simon Peter, that name seems to always come out whenever we encounter the, the group, the band of followers of Christ. Because he was one of those natural leaders. But If you recall, the Lord was going to harness those gifts. He had plans for them, especially for Peter. He said previously, uh, The Father sent me, and so said I you. It's not open. Although, judging by their experience, they were pretty down at this point, as you might guess. And especially Peter, having denied the Lord three times, he still had, had that meeting with the Lord to ask for his forgiveness. Simon Peter was the Christ-appointed leader of the team. Remember when he asked his disciples, who do you say that I am? And Peter came right on and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And the Lord said to that, Simon Barjone, you are blessed. His flesh and blood is not revealed itself of you then he says to him, and I also say to you, you are Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church. Gave of hell, will not prevail against him. Now lest you think that Peter is that rock, the spell all notions. Actually the name Peter, Petros, means stone, which is a far cry from the rock of Gibraltar in comparison, which would be a good illustration for rock of salvation who is none other than our Lord Jesus Christ. But I believe my own interpretation of this is that the rock he speaks about is the confession of Peter. The confession that Peter made that you are the Christ, the Son of God. The confession upon which the church of Jesus Christ would be established and built like the gospel, which is the depository of Christ, his church. again with Peter's denial of Christ, it was not in the best spiritual shape to serve the Lord. And sin does that in the Christian life, you know. I know you know. You've been around long enough. Like when Paul says, afraid of himself," But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, meaning my human passions that sometimes become sinful when Get carried away, such as when you have uncontrolled anger, such as what he had encountered from time to time in the ministry. I mean, it's a hard road, and especially when you're dealing with a lot of people in a lot of different places. Like Moses, when he had those uh, two million people that he was uh, leading, he could have promised. Of course, when he did, he, he lost his temper. He had a stone instead of touching that water would come out. and water would come out. But as a result of this loss of his temper against the people of God, he lost the privilege of entering the promised land. And he could only see it from the top of a mountain that overlooked promised land. Well, Paul goes on to say, "Less that by any means, meaning less than That by any means, meaning by my keeping my body under subjection, when I preach to others, I myself should be a castaway. Meaning that I'll be put on the shelf by the Lord not be of any use. Just like uh, someone who's on a deserted island, you know, castaway. It's not going to be of any use if there's no one on the island. Right? Well, that's how... Peter thought to The Lord warned him in the midst of this boastfulness what, what great things that he would do for the Lord and suffer for the Lord and go to prison for the Lord and even die for the Lord. The Lord said, prior to his denying him, three times. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, and he might seek you like. I have prayed for you, Simon, that your, fail will not, that your faith will not fail you, Simon. And when you are complete, go and strengthen your brothers and sisters in the world. That's why I believe the Lord included this last chapter of John 21. The Lord is going to convert or help and counseling, and eventually seeing the conversion and restoration of of Peter to himself. So that it could be used again for the Master, useful again for the Master in the lives of others, many others. But we know that a chain is only as strong as its weakest link, especially if that link happens to be a meter. New Covenant Church in people. Paul would say elsewhere when one member suffers, all of the members suffer with it. But when one member be honored, all of the members rejoice with it. The Good Shepherd came to bring abundant life to the flock of God. I have come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. That's the new life, that's the spiritual life that is over and above this present life, this life of our natural man. And there are many more sheep of Christ yet to come. He says, other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, meaning this Jewish fold, which, of which 12 are the initial converts and disciples of Christ." Them also I must break, and they shall hear my voice through you, my followers, and there shall be one fold and my shepherd. The Sea of Galilee, can you smell it? It's just refreshing. Wow. get out in the open after being locked down. So many, who knows how many weeks they were locked down. This is where it all started. Right here on this shore, where the Lord called us. We turn to return. Matthew 4, Matthew 4, 17 through 22. We have an example of one of them giving the account of that event. Matthew 4, 17 22 from that time Jesus began to preach and to say repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand and Jesus walking by the sea of Galilee saw two brethren Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother casting a net into the sea for they were fishers and he saith unto them follow me and I will make you fishers of men and they straightway left their nets and followed him and going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a ship with Zebedee, their father, men in their midst. And he called them. And he immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. Wow. They're all probably recalling this event of their beginning their Walk with Christ. but now what? Verse three of our passage in John twenty-one, Simon Peter says to his fellow disciples that are with him, the other six, "I go fishing. Yeah, I'm, I'm going out there. I'm going to go fishing, like we used to do." And of course, they, they respond, oh, we'll, "We'll go along with you. Why not? Why not?" So Peter returns to the nets and to the ship that he formerly left with those other disciples that were mentioned. So it's square one all over again. Were they simply keeping themselves busy at their former trade while they didn't have anything to do, while they were waiting for the Lord to show up? After all, they were no longer in the gospel ministry. And... uh, well, even though the Lord still provides for his people when uh, they're, they're not in the pastoral ministry or in the gospel ministry, uh, we have to keep his right. Now, the Lord was taken from them. And they had their hopes literally dashed to the rocks at that point. But yes, now it's back. Praise God. What well, does the future hold for us? not sure now. In the meantime, they have to make a living. Why not go back to their old tree? Like when I left the grocery business and studied for the ministry and didn't have a job right away, I went back to my old tree, especially when I started a family. You need to provide for them, right? On their first fishing trip out, they get skunked. You know what that means? you get skunked. I mean, you don't catch anything. Zilch, nothing. They went all night. Nah. Jesus shouts from the shore. Do you have any meat, meaning food. Actually, it could be the word for fish. Something to eat with your bread. Something to, to be a filler, you know, instead of having a, uh, a, an empty bread sandwich, you know. Um, that's what he's asking. You have something to go along with this bread I brought here you can almost hear Jesus saying under his breath when they said no they did a miracle by now <laughs> in verse 6 what happens he says cast your net on the right side of the boat and they're not far from shore if you don't think about fishing you're not going to catch anything that close to shore, at least in most cases. I mean, there might be some halibut there, but this is not the sea. I'm not as familiar with the lake fishing as I am with sea fishing. And uh, generally, you don't find a whole lot of fish close to shore. You have to really go out there and shoot, especially uh, as the the big ones are out there in the middle of the of the lake in of the middle of the sea of reality. And so what do they do? They, they listen to him. They obey him. They cast their net. And when they began to pull it in, they could not do it. They could not pull the net in, into the boat. It was impossible. And you see why in a second. And so what do they do is they start to bring the ship closer to shore. the word for draw it says that they draw the fish into the ship or try to draw the fish into the ship is a word for pull or haul or drag like what Peter was said to do in verse 8 dragging the net with the fishes. I mean he himself single handedly was on the shore pulling the fish in it was a huge haul 153 fish I remember when the last time I went fishing with my dad in his boat, which is in my backyard now. My boys were with me and their grandpa, and we caught so many fish. You wouldn't believe we laid it out on that cement uh, 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 flooring in the yard where we parked the boat, and we actually laid them all out, and that must have been over 100. Maybe not 153, but. And they weren't, you'll see, they weren't like the fish that Peter caught as his disciples. And, uh, and that is because, I may as well tell you why not, okay? Um, let the second note of the turkey, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself here, but uh, just so that you uh, might understand the nature of this. Well, anyway, the word for fish that is found in our passage where it says in verse 11 Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fishes 153 to be exact, the word for great is the word mega it's a mega sized fish large fish the big ones Right? Big ones. And so there were 153 of these huge fish that they were hauling it and they couldn't for the life of them pull it into the boat, so they had to drag it to the shore. That's what they had to do. So that's what they did. I just wanted to say a little bit more about it, but uh, I think I know what happened. Okay, there it is. Okay. So, anyway, continuing with the sermon. <laughs> the word draw could also mean what is used by our Lord when he says the following: No man can come to me except the Father which sent me, draw him. And I will raise him up in the last name. The word draw also could mean persuade. And so That's how sinners are brought into the kingdom. And I can imagine Peter and his disciples when they were finally back in the saddle of the ministry recalling this event and recalling the words of Christ when he explained to them very succinctly that unless the Father draws them they're not going to come into the kingdom. They will not listen Preacher can be persuasive as he could possibly be, and yet the hearers will refuse Christ every time. But when the Holy Spirit works unto salvation, there is no refusing him. Because the Holy Spirit has this persuasiveness that no sinner is able to refuse. As our Lord said to Nicodemus, the wind blows where it listeth or chooses, and you hear the sound thereof, but you cannot tell where it's coming from or where it's going to. So is everybody who's born of the Spirit. When the Apostle Paul, when he said in 1 Corinthians 12, 2 and 3, you know that you were once Gentiles, meaning heathen of this world, of the nations of the world carried about with dumb idols. Whereof I give you to understand that no man, speaking by the Spirit of God, calleth Jesus a curse. But no man also can say that Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. The disciples will learn this over time. They will learn especially that it is not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, save the Lord. Because it is the Lord, after all, who alone has power in heaven and earth, who calls them, who will empower earthen vessels like them, and like you, like right? me, to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. You shall receive power, he said to them, on his ascension to the Lord. And I can imagine him either starting to say it, and then maybe even starting to climb up into the sky and continuing his speech. What an impressive, miraculous sight that must have been. But you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. In our story... The disciple whom Jesus loved, who was John, said to Peter, It's the Lord. I mean, who else could it be? Look at this miracle. This is unheard of except when you were with Jesus. You must be here. That must be him. And so Peter immediately does what? Throws a coat around himself. It says that he was naked in our English translation, but more than likely he was. With a loin cloth and maybe some kind of a tunic on, but he needed to cover himself because he was going to meet the Lord. Jump into the sea he went, and then when he got on shore, he was helping haul the, sheep, the fish to the shore to the feet of our Lord. This is a good illustration about uh, how we catch whoppers when we go fishing in the pier. Sometimes it's so big, we can't pull them up on the piers. They're just too heavy. Even if a couple of you try to pull them up. And, and if they're fighting, oh my. Especially if it's a marlin or a and So what we do is we beach it. You know what beaching means You have to drag it to the beach. But once you drag it to the beach, and you go down to continue to, to haul it in, you go from being legal to be illegal. You know why? Because pier fishing is free. You don't pay for a license. You don't pay any type of a fee. It's free. But any other fishing, you have to pay for it. And so I've I, not me, but I've actually seen others get fined for doing that, for beaching pier fish. But this is what they had to do. Thankfully, there's no fishing game in Calvary. Verse 9, it says, As soon as they were come to the land, we saw a fire coals, fish laid on and bread. It's like the feeding of the thousands all over him. That's what it seemed like, anyway. But if you read on to verse 10, our Lord says, Bring ye the fish which you just now caught. Now, whether those were also the fish that are spoken about in verse 9 or Additional fish because there are many of them, and maybe one fish would not be enough. At least one that the Lord brought. Certainly one of those that they caught was mega fish, but filled them all up easily. But in your case, one thing is certain it is all by the Lord's supply. But my God should supply all your need according to his riches and Christ's truth. Verse 11, as I mentioned to you, uh, the net was full of great fishes. So I'm going to move on here. That's, this is what I wanted to bring up earlier, but I was going to say it later. And notice that the net didn't break. And then in verse 12, Jesus bids them to join him. In fact, this is for them. And by this time, word got around that this was the Lord. And so here they were all standing around on the beach, overwhelmed by the fact that the Lord is again with them. They're out in the open enjoying themselves like the good old days. And then this miracle laying up literally at their feet. It was so much that uh, no one even took Jesus up on his offer to come and dine. And so he it says in verse 12, he literally gave the food to them, like a plate, perhaps. I don't know. We didn't have paper plates back then, nothing that not And so uh, the food that he lovingly prepared for breakfast is what he served his disciples. It says in verse 14, the last verse. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to the disciples. After that, he was risen from the dead. As I indicated earlier, the first time that they met together was about uh, Thomas, and another time after that, with Thomas. So this is the third time. And how refreshed the seven disciples must have been to see their Lord, be able to spend time again in fellowship with Him like they did before. They must have grown very close together over those two years. And then to witness this miraculous power of Christ over again. To be rejuvenated with hope in what they are about to do, what the Lord was preparing them to do. And then to be his guests at this delicious barbecue, breakfast barbecue on the shore. Kind of like the one that a number of us had at Coronado Beach recently this summer. It was glorious. It was beautiful. Could have been a better day than that. And as Peter would recall later in his preaching, not long after this, this is our concluding scripture in Acts 3, 19 and 20. Acts 3, 19 and 20. At the gate, beautiful, where he preached the word of God, he said, Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out and the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord and he shall send Jesus Christ which before was preached unto you our Lord himself made a personal appearance to his disciples to refresh him in in the way that only the Lord Jesus Christ is able to do to refresh their souls his presence. And so, with that, may you be refreshed in thinking upon this event as insignificant as it may seem in comparison to what went before his death and his resurrection and what will happen shortly after this. his ascension. Because our Lord desires our fellowship. He desires our fellowship. In fact, it says in the, in the Bible, that those who fear his name to talk one, often one with another. And he records their fellowship. A book of remembrance is what it's called. Of yeah, that fear the Lord and that talk often with one another. Especially when they talk about him. Especially when he is in their presence. Because he dwells in us and lives in us by his spirit. Shall we pray? Father in heaven, we are thankful this wonderful event. It reminds us, Lord, of our outings during the summer. and One in particular, Lord, in which we enjoy the fellowship of the saints. Lord, we know that you were there with us. but We're thankful especially for this event because, Lord, we know how important this was for you to have your disciples and especially uh, Peter to be on board for the task ahead for them. It would be an easy one. You have promised, Lord, that you will never leave them or forsake them. And so you do with us, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you, Lord. In the name we pray.